0: And welcome to the Relationships Rule podcast. I am really excited about my guest this week, Jeff Barch. And Jeff is a visionary storyteller and marketing strategist who founded Story Greenlight. With over 20 years of experience in the entertainment industry, Jeff has worked with some of the largest media outlets in the world and has established himself as a leader in his field. Through Story Greenlight, Jeff empowers experts and professional ad- advisors to tell their stories, expand their impact, and serve more clients. His book, Edit Better, Hollywood-Tested Strategies for Powerful edit Video Editing, and his commentary on the entertainment industry in major publications like Time Magazine and USA Today, showcase Jeff's expertise and commitment to human connection. And... Thank you. First of all, for being here, Jeff, welcome to the show.
1: Glad to be here. Looking forward to this, Jess.
0: Thank you so much. So Jeff and I, um, were introduced, um, as he was, um, basically introduced to me by interview valet, one of the companies that I, uh, really enjoy working with their clients. And so I was going to say we met on LinkedIn cause that happens so often for me, but that wasn't the case this time, <laughs> You know, full disclosure. Um, But I love Jeff's work when I took a look at it. I had a call with Jeff. I loved what he had to say. And we kind of hit it off, I think, right away in lots of ways. And it all came down to rapport, building relationship, connection, and all of the good things that I'm all about and I love. And Jeff is an expert in this field because he's been doing it for so long. So what before we get into the real crux of what you do now, Jeff, I want you to just tell me, you know through your work in television, because it's still pretty, I'm not sure. I think you're, you're still doing it. I think, right. You're still. Working. Yes.
1: I, yeah. I I do still do some, uh, do, do some work for different entertainment networks. Yes.
0: Right. And I think the most recent one was doing some the story backstories for the show American Ninja. Is that
1: American Ninja Warrior? That's true. Yes. Yeah.
0: So I'm thinking, and I'm not sure if this is what you do, but I want to just be clear what you do with them because I want to be clear that, you know, when they do the backstories on the athletes that are about to perform, there's a story that's built, you know, from what you've, somebody has written it. I don't know Mm -hmm. if or whether you've interviewed them or you just do the video, but you make it into an interesting story. That's what you do, right?
1: Among many other things. That's, that's what I happen to focus on when I'm working for American Ninja Warrior.
0: Right. And I just wanted the clarity there. You go ahead. Sure.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, and the whole thing is if you're familiar with the show, Mm
0: -hmm. it's
1: all about athletes, basically ordinary people getting on this crazy obstacle course and seeing, can they overcome these physical obstacles and the real power of the show? And the reason that it's been on the air for, well, it's, it's actually shot 15 seasons as of this recording. The reason that it's been so powerful and it's been so popular is because it shows physical obstacles, but it tells the stories of people overcoming obstacles in their own life. And it makes that connection between the two. And that's what the stories do before you see the, pre- the people get on that course. Right. And I have, uh, I've been working with the show for good grief, almost 10 years now, mm-hmm. uh, d- at, at different points mm-hmm. throughout, throughout those years, telling literally hundreds of short form stories that make you care about that person. So you care what they do on the course. And that's what story does. It makes us care. It builds right, that human exactly. connection.
0: They do it in all these reality shows, American Idol, The Voice, all of these shows, they do that with the backstories, right? And you get, you 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 hook into those people. And especially if they continue down the road, you get more story and more story, right? To, mm-hmm. to do it. So you have now through story greenlight and i'm not quite sure how long you've had that company but i but what you're doing now which i want to really get into here is strategic storytelling basically for business right in business somehow yes so tell well, me what strategic storytelling is
1: sure so here's the thing when we are in business we all want to succeed in business and if we work in a business that works with people there has to be, at some point, human connection in some way. Yeah. And uh, But it's really easy to communicate in ways that don't, that just kind of land flat. They don't build that communication. And when that happens, that means our network suffers. That means our business suffers and our business could even die without that human communication. So that's why it's so incredibly important to communicate in a way that does elevate the ordinary to something more. It builds that human connection. And that's exactly what strategic storytelling does.
0: Well, to me, it's an art because I'm, I struggle with it. And I, I listened to you. I'm going to learn from you, I think, because um, I want to, and because I, I get it when I read somebody's email or watch somebody's um, video on, you know, on a post on LinkedIn or on Facebook, or anything that does have story, I notice it, because it's it, it, I pay attention to it, because it's, it's, I guess, it's talking to my heart, because I'm heart centered, Mm -hmm. right? The other piece involved in that for me, and I wanted to share that because I think it's important here, is like when we met for the first time, I'm going to use this example. Maybe it's a story. I don't know. Okay. So uh, when you and I met on Zoom for the first time, I was getting to know you. I'd looked at your LinkedIn profile. I was feeling you out a little bit to try and get inside, you know, who you were. And, mm-hmm. and I noticed, and I, and I say this with love, okay? I noticed you have really large hands, long hands when we were talking, we were talking. And I said, okay, yeah. I'm going to ask you, you're either a basketball player or you are a, piano, a pianist, right? And I, I said, I have to ask you this. I'm just curious because that's where I come from, my curiosity. And that's what I wanted to point out there. But maybe mm-hmm. it's this is telling a story in the sense that, that I didn't realize until, aha, the, the light's just gone on. Because that story that I'm just telling now and relaying to you again could be the basis for teaching someone how to build rapport.
1: Well, it's, you know, it's interesting. It's really interesting that you noticed that not a lot of people, not a lot of people pick that out, but the fact of the matter is, uh, the, the matter, f- the fact of the matter is I have played piano literally since uh, almost my whole life. I started playing at the age of four yeah. and, uh, if you uh, if you'll indulge me in a moment, uh, I there there's there's a way that this all ties together that it, and it actually started with piano playing, and uh, something told me I think I think based on our previous conversation I know that you have heard this story before but I'll bet you your audience hasn't so the the, the connection between this mm-hmm. is when I actually it, it wasn't me spending twenty years in Hollywood that this really all started. It actually started when I was four years old, learning to play the piano. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if anyone had really noticed that my hands were were, <laughs> were large or whatever, but uh, I, I hadn't hit my growth spurt. I was a long time before hitting my growth spread at that point. But uh, m- mom heard me playing Old MacDonald had a farm on the piano and she said, get this kid some lessons. And so that's how it started. But uh, I was known as being Jeff the piano guy for About twenty years, my first twenty years of my life, and um, I really enjoyed playing. I kind of gravitated towards Bach and Mozart because they, they, if if you're uh, for people who are familiar with classical music, Bach and Mozart are are super technical and they're clean. You can just play the notes on the page, and that I, I was a very logical. Okay, let's just play the notes on the page. Let's just do this and not worry about this. Squishy emotion stuff. Uh, Emotion is stupid. So at least that's what I thought at the time. And uh, the more I learned about piano, the more frustrated I got about another area of my life, which was the fact that I grew up going to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday morning. And every time I went to church, every song we sang had five verses. And every verse of of these songs were played the same every single time time and it just drove me absolutely nuts. Drove me nuts as a kid and I'm in an elementary school I'm going, "Please, I'm bored out of my mind." And there was actually a day when I was at the church after hours, I was probably playing one of my Mozart pieces and this lady who was one of the church musicians, she comes up to me and she says, "You know, Jeff, it's all well and good to play the notes on the page, but when you get older you need to learn to play from your soul." Mm-hmm. Now I was in fourth grade, so I was maybe 11 years old at that point. And I, at that point, I, I, I wasn't about to say this out loud, but I thought that was the stupidest thing ever. Play from your soul. What? I got, I got the notes on the page. I'm good. And um, there was no specific moment when I realized that she was right. Because the fact of the matter was, I mean, I was doing my best, but I really was missing that next level of where the truly powerful stuff happens. And I only discovered that over years of people's reactions that they went from people saying, Hey, Jeff, you're a really great piano player. I'm like, sweet. I'm amazing. I'm great. You know? And it went to Jeff, thank you for the way you played that piece. You really made that piece come to life in a, in a new way for me. I thought, Whoa, This isn't just about me playing the piano. There's something else going on here. And every once in a while, every once in a while, there's someone who said, Jeff, the way you played that piece brought me into an encounter with God today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And that kind of idea of taking the ordinary and not just playing the notes on the page and elevating it to something that connects, truly connects with people, that's what, that's really the core of what I've been doing my whole life. And it's shown up a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, it showed up with me learning about video production in high school when it was still really hard to do that. You couldn't just pick up your phone. You had to get this great big camera and edit with all the fancy machines. I went into radio in college. i had gone to film school. And then I did the 20 years shaping content for ABC and NBC and Universal and Disney and Apple and all these folks. Mm -hmm. Oh, the thing that I was learning and the thing that I really want to uh, uh, really thing I want to really bring out here in our conversation is that it's really easy to just play the notes on the page Mm -hmm. and we are, you know, we're all doing the best that we can. And yet if we only play the notes on the page, if we only do the general basic areas of communication, we're missing that next level of communication, of true human connection where all the powerful things happens. And it happens in any medium. But when we stand out, when we elevate our message, when we use something like strategic storytelling, incredible things happen. And it is available to any of us.
0: Is it a muscle though that we have to tweak? Or because I think it's a learned skill. I think it's a skill that we don't all have. And we have to learn it if we want to, right? And I, I agree with you that I think it, it can elevate. So I'm not a writer; I'd rather talk. But mm-hmm. even talking, I think you, the same thing applies, right? In that,
1: hundred percent.
0: How a good story to to illustrate a point, people remember it better than the five steps to do it are. Right. Mm. Yeah. So, yes. So hmm, that's okay. So so. You um, so I I don't know I had a aha moment after talking to you and just recently um, saw an instance of an, a little um uh, experience with my granddaughter that I turned into uh, an email to my list. Mm-hmm. And so I was very nervous about doing it one, because if my daughter knew I'd put her picture, my da- granddaughter's picture in the email, I would be in trouble, but I took a risk because it wasn't on Facebook or LinkedIn. It was in a private email. So who,
1: but, who better hope your daughter doesn't listen to your podcast.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll. I'll watch that done, <laughs> right? okay. So then um, I, I crafted the story and attached it to a lesson in business. And you actually saw it. And I was just thrilled that you, that you wrote back to me and said you, you paid attention and saw that it worked. And you gave me a couple of pointers around it. But those things don't come to me very often. You know, like, um, uh, I guess I illustrated the story part in a descriptive way. And then I wanted to make this point about business and about being in the moment and about um, um, going, you know, if, you, if you're if you in the moment, sometimes you're going to learn something that you never thought you would learn because you didn't give yourself that opportunity to do so. So that was kind of the message. And you made a comment about if I had done something more in the business lesson part, it would have been more um, evocative. I love that word. I don't know. It would have evoked more feeling, right? in the reader or the, yeah, in the reader. So can you talk to me about that? Because I think it will illustrate a point.
1: Sure. So let's, uh, before going into this specific, Mm -hmm. let's rewind a little bit and let's talk a little bit about, you know, let's, let's go a little inside baseball on the story that I just told about playing piano. Okay. So, one of the things that, uh, one of the things that you have to realize is that storytelling can feel very familiar and it's easy for people to say, okay, we're, I'm just gonna, oh yeah, that I, I, I stand at the water cooler and talk to people, you know, post COVID yes. we had water coolers and all that. Yes. And uh, all <laughs> oh, right. Pre-COVID. Yes. And, uh, you, you know, it, it, it's, it feels very familiar, but I just want want to be very clear. There is an everyday kind of blase, just kind of, I'll just randomly throw it out, drop a story nugget here or there. And then there is strategic storytelling. And that's what I define as storytelling on purpose for a specific goal. And that's a very, you know, that covers a lot of ground. But in the case of something like what we're talking about here, so just a conversation, you, uh, if the goal is to say, I want the audience, I want Janice's audience to get to know a little bit more about Jeff, about me and how, I, you know, where I come from, where, what makes me tick and where the, all this story stuff came from. So, okay. So that, that's the goal. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm driving towards with all of this. And so I'm, I'm thinking about what is the, what is the correlation between something that I've experienced in my own life that might have parallels with what you and your audience have experienced. So I picked the idea of this lady telling me, Jeff, you got to play from your soul. And I thought that was just pretty dumb. (laughs) Of Because I was was in elementary school and, and it was the idea of, I was playing the notes on the page. I was doing the best I could, but I didn't know there was another level. Right. Okay. That's, that's the message right there. So that's, that's, that's the starting point. Mm-hmm. Then I started, uh, I, I, I had a framework in mind and it was based around before twist and after this mm-hmm. is based around something called the stellar storytelling framework taught by a uh, lady, uh, research and her, and an author by the name of Kendra Hall. She's fantastic. So mm-hmm. the idea of before twist and after And so before I was talking about, I was learning how to play the piano. I thought I was really great. And everyone told me I was really great. Then there was a moment, one specific moment where the lady says, yeah, you're missing the next level, Jeff. Mm -hmm. And I didn't agree. And then it was the, the after was me eventually learning that the lady was right. And then after that, you connect that to whatever you want and you connect that to, uh, to the lesson that you want the audience to know. And through that process, when you do that and you include very specific elements, you include one specific character, you you include one specific moment, you include actual details. You talk about, Hey, I was playing block and Mozart because they were super clean and technical. I could, I could do that didn't have to worry about all that other mushy emotion stuff. And then you talk about a genuine human emotion. And this doesn't have to be ugly crying or feelings of rapture. It can just be me looking at an elderly lady thinking that she's dumb, Dick <laughs> or or that she you don't know what you're talking about, but really I was the one who was clueless, kind of a thing. and and then you also add in the you add in the emotion from the people who eventually, they were experiencing what I was doing. And that's how I learned. Yes. So you have those elements. And if you're looking at that, and if you're looking at that, and you're saying, "Whoa, that's a lot of stuff. Well, if this is the first time, if, if this is the first time that, that one is engaging with the concept of strategic storytelling, it can seem like a lot, but I promise you, We all do this all the time. And sometimes we stumble into genius Mm -hmm. and everyone says, oh, that's an incredible story. Most of the times it has all that stuff that I just talked about. Okay. But it is 100% a skill. It can be learned. If you are a human being, if you are alive and you have a pulse, you can do this. You can do this. You can learn this. So to apply this to your story about your granddaughter, can you just restate, restate the, the the story as you initially told it in your email?
0: Yeah, basically, um, we took my granddaughter down to the local park to play at, at the playground there. But before we got to the playground, there was this huge pile of sand that the gardeners, I guess, had dumped in the parking lot that they were going to use on the grass field. Well, she saw she took one look at that that pile of sand and she was up it before I could count to 10. Right. This is amazing. Oh yeah. She was in her glory. loves to get dirty, loves to play in the sand and everything. So that was where she spent the next, you know, 15 minutes before we could get her over to the swings. And by that time (laughs) she was a mess. Right. So Mm -hmm. that was the story. Yeah. But, but to see her, um, just be in the moment really was, you know, Kids are in the moment. She's three mm-hmm. years eight months. You know, she's just whatever is in front of her, right? And it was yeah. delightful. Yeah.
1: So then you attach that, you attach that to an idea for your audience.
0: Correct. Around um, how and, and my goal was that I had a um, my monthly uh, LinkedIn training uh, group. Class, which I hold once a month, like a mastermind or a drop in, you know, office hours type of thing, bring your questions. Mm -hmm. And the goal was to try and encourage more people to come to that. And so the idea was if you can, you know, you thought you, you know, at the last minute, maybe you're free and you can come. So the idea was, you know, you never know what you might learn if you just are just do something out of the ordinary or, you know, in the moment. And that was kind of the connection. Okay. Cool. I don't have it in
1: front of me, so I can't remember exactly what I said, but that's the idea. Okay. So then, yeah, so my, so my, my reaction to that was, this is super cool. I love that you're doing this and it's super relatable because kids are awesome. Yeah. Kids are fantastic. And they, you know, they, they have this purity of experiencing the world that we can all benefit from. And so I, th- and, and so what I had said was, if you had the opportunity to focus more on the emotion involved in that story, you could, you could have that kind of, uh, you could have that kind of, you, you could have that potential for that emotion to connect more specifically with your audience. So how to put more emotion into a story like that? First, when you, you have to understand that the whole point of this is to get the audience to pay attention. You have to, you want to do everything possible to get their, their very clear and focused attention. And the very best way to do that is to not go broad. You go super narrow. So when you do that, that's why you focus on one character, one moment get details about that, get get details about what was happening mm-hmm. and, uh, and and that sort of a thing. And you ha- and you need to include genuine emotion of some kind. Mm-hmm. So, were we to uh, were we to sit down for an ex- uh, for for a period and say, okay, how can we craft this story? Um, you would say, okay, how, how were we feeling? How are you feeling? After, you know, how were you feeling before? Um, and if you were feeling, uh, if if you were feeling kind of frustrated or hurried or something like that, and and if, for instance, you had a moment where uh, where your your granddaughter got up on that pile of sand, and you were feeling frustration, that's something that could be. That's something that could be your before state in the story, mm-hmm. um, and you know what? Even if you weren't completely annoyed, if you wanted to craft the story and say, it's like, like, well, hey, well, sweetheart, you wanted to, you wanted to get, you wanted to get over to the swings. Why are you climbing up on the sand right now?" Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So it it could be some kind of a what? What's going on here? What? What's you know? Question mark of some kind. Then you have the moment where she's up there on the, on the hill and she's having a blast. And that is the catalyst for you to learn in that moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what, 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 why am I so worried about this? Why, if she changes her mind, if she wants to be in the moment, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And, and so that, that contrast between you before Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you go through the moment And then that moment is the catalyst for you to learn. And it's that, it it brings the internal change. Uh, If you want to talk about a little bit about film, a tiny, tiny little bit of film school snobbery here. (laughs) Not snobbery, geekery. (laughs) Film school can get super, super down in the weeds. 90% of it does not apply to us. But something that I will say is the entire point of story is change. When people ask what a story is, I always say a story is a, is where a character wants something, overcomes obstacles to get it and experiences transformation as a result. The entire point of story is to show change. Mm-hmm. And there are two main kinds of change that you'll hear screenwriters talk about. You'll hear about external change, change that happens around us, outside us, and that's stuff that's usually it's super easy to talk about or describe because it's visual. The the flip side to that is your audience is not going to get much emotional connection to that. However, the stuff that happens on the inside, internal change, that's where the good stuff is. That's where the meat of everything, of, uh, of connecting all these emotions, it all happens inside our hearts and minds. The flip side to that is, it all happens inside us. So it's, it's not like you're watching Star Wars and you see the Death Star blow up, boom, it's gone, kind of a thing. So it really focuses on the change, the change of mind, the change of heart, and the change of emotion. Mm-hmm. So that in broad strokes is how I would talk about how to add, how to add human connection to any strategically crafted story is to really drill into that change of emotion.
0: So in telling the story part about my granddaughter on the pile of sand, I did some of that. And you uh-huh. talked about bringing more emotion into the business piece that I related it to. And that's where I think I got stuck. Okay. So-, so I know I'm Do something when you can't see it in front of you at the moment or anything, but you know, just if you recall it all, but
1: all good. That's uh, we're we're, we're a workshop in real time, we're uh, out on the tightrope. I dig it. So, uh, when we talk about storytelling, one of the main functions of storytelling is uh, of strategic storytelling is to create connections. This parallels this, this is like this, this compares to that. So I want to actually challenge what you're talking about a little bit based on your something you said earlier, you said something about you want to get people to join your monthly, you know, your, your monthly meeting for your, your monthly LinkedIn training. What is the mental or emotional state of the person who is or isn't Thinking about joining that meeting.
0: Well, it could be one of many things, depending on, right? The, like, if they haven't, if they they haven't planned it for next month, you know, and put it on their calendar, it could be many things. Because the whole point is that this was, you know, Monday of the Friday when that um, meeting was uh, it was happening. So it was like that last week of a push to say. Hey, if you're not doing anything, maybe it was Tuesday, I don't know, but it was close enough to say, you know, switch gears if you're not doing anything now or something's fallen through and you now have the time. So it, it, you don't know what their emotion is, but you might, and you might, you might hit somebody just at the right time where they're saying, you know what, maybe I'll go this, I don't have anything on Friday. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go this month and see what, what it's like. So I don't know how to answer. So,
1: Okay. And that that's, that's hundred percent legit. And, And the reason I ask is the point of the story needs to directly correspond with the goal of the, of what you're wanting the people to do. So if the people are saying my life is booked up and, uh, I'm feeling like I'm in a rut or, you know what, maybe I just need to live in the moment. Maybe I just need to be in the moment. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna clear off my schedule and I'm gonna go to this LinkedIn training with Janice. Mm-hmm. Then that that that's something that could that that's something that 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 comparison could be made. And you could actually uh, comp- you could actually craft that together.
0: would refer to the sand the sand pile story in that second half in a way, like to bring it together?
1: The goal in crafting that, would be to connect the message of the story with the message of you're wanting to get people to do something. Okay. Okay. So if the, if your overall, if your overall message at the end was going to, was going to be saying, okay, I want people to get, I want people to come to this LinkedIn training. If you are feeling, You know, what, what's, what's a specific reason that people say that they show up to these trainings in your experience?
0: That they've done the training, they've done LinkedIn training with me, and they're not really using LinkedIn as much as they would like to be, or they want to know more about LinkedIn and they haven't done training with me. So they want to see, you know, what I'm about.
1: Okay. So that is where instead of telling a story about living in a moment, Mm -hmm. about kids living in a moment. That's where you would tell a story about, I did, I was working on something, but I didn't quite get it. I was working on, I, I, I was, you know, it's, that's the kind of story where you, you might talk about driving a stick shift car that had five speeds and you're driving it in first gear the whole time. And you just didn't know how to access the power that was already there all the time. It's the, it's the whole idea of Dorothy wearing the red slippers in the wizard of Oz. She had the power all along. She just didn't know how to use it. That's why you need to come to this training with Janice, because she knows how to help you unlock that power that you've already had. Um, okay,
0: so, so if I'm getting this right, that, um, one aspect of learning how to tell stories in relation to business and, and relate them to business, really think about the result I'm looking for in the business piece first and then work backwards work backwards because the story might come to me. That's something I've experienced in something else in life that could relate. Don't start, yes. with, the story, start with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Now, yeah, that's because I, because I, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about okay, what are ways that we can make that? What are ways that we can make that idea of live in the moment work for showing up? Yeah. So live, she's living in the moment. So you need to live in the moment. So let's show up in the LinkedIn training. But that's, not that's the- where I see to me that's where I feel there's a bit of a disconnect in terms okay. of the overall impact. Okay. But that's why that's why it's so that this stuff is so cool because we always get another shot. It's, it's yeah, exactly. so rare that we don't get another shot at stuff like this.
0: Yeah. So again, it's, it's practice and it's, um, awareness first, then practice. Okay. So you, do you teach, um, do you teach like, um, uh, courses on how to do this? Like, do you, cause I would think that, um, it's getting into people's minds and trying to train them to think differently, which is kind of fascinating. I like the idea.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, so, absolutely.
0: So, um, weaving story into the fabric of business, a guide to integrating story into your brand. That's one of the bullets that was on your um, one sheet, your speaker sheet. Mm-hmm. Weaving story into the fabric of business, a guide to integrating story into your brand. Do you teach this? Is this what you do with um, Green Story Greenlight? Tell me that those. is
1: that is well, well i'll tell you the things that story greenlight has offered have changed
0: oh, okay. over the
1: years as the market for who story greenlight serves has changed
0: okay
1: so that but it's becoming more and more clear that this is this really is the core of uh, of of how this can really be helpful for a lot of people cuz this is so powerful it is so incredibly powerful and it is so within reach of anyone it's uh, it just takes it just takes some guidance
0: okay so um so i have to ask you this though because there's so much noise out there and by noise i mean emails in my inbox every day and um you know another new podcast in the works for somebody and blogs and and youtube and like we're just inundated with stuff so so you have to do something to stand out from the crowd and your idea that story story driven marketing pieces are the way to go correct
1: that is that is definitely a way to. That is that is an important part that must be present. Now, I I will say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that all you have to do is tell stories and your business is guaranteed guaranteed to succeed. Because clearly, just because you have gas, just because you have great great quality gas in a car doesn't mean that all the systems of the car are working the way they need to. You you have to have everything working. Right. Having said that. I would say that strategic storytelling is like having it's like going from the really cheap, low quality gas and replacing it with jet fuel in your car in a way that doesn't blow up your engine. But, you know, just go with me here, you know. And so when you're talking about messaging and standing out, there will always have to be a balance between the, the questions that your audience is asking. So the idea of, number one, should I even listen to this person? Mm-hmm. Do I care? Mm-hmm. And then the next question is, okay, if I'm willing to listen, then do they know what they're talking about? So clearly a successful business has to have an area of expertise or some, or some kind of a product or service that specifically solves the problem, that kind of a thing for which people are willing to trade money and all that kind of a thing. So there's the balance between, should I care? Should I listen? Do they know what they're talking about? And then, okay, what's the next steps to work forward, uh, to move forward, to work with you, to buy your product or service. Right. But if people don't care, that's a problem. Yeah. And, and so I will say just as, as a specific example, because my email inbox is as clogged as anyone else's, you know, in these days. And uh, I will tell you, there are some people who write emails and I know they're sales emails. I get hundreds of sales emails in my email box, but there are some that I still open them up anyway, because I know this guy tells stories. This guy, this gal says stuff that's fun and entertaining or thought provoking. Mm-hmm. And so when you become known for someone who provides that kind of value, that is a, that is a huge step forward to getting people's attention to say, Hey, I'm here. Right. I have something that can really benefit you. Let's talk about this. Let's keep the conversation going.
0: Yeah. You can definitely tell when somebody has put some thought behind what they're writing for sure. Those that do, mm-hmm. and those that don't. you can see, you can definitely see it. Well, we could go on forever. And uh I, cause I'm fascinated by the work that you do and the passion that you have for it. That's what I love as well. And I think that's, for me, it's all about that. It's, you know, it's, it's, I, I have to feel a, a connection with somebody. Now you're saying the storytelling is going to give that, bring that connection to the right people. And I see that, but I like to see the whites of your eyes and I like to, you know, so it, the stories come out in podcasts, they come out in blog posts, they come out in, in emails. You have to find what works for you. Mm-hmm. One last question, and then, then I'm going to ask you um, to tell my audience where they can find you. Sure. My last question is a two-part question, and I feel the need to ask you this. I ask most of my uh, guests on the show this question, but I'm, I'm curious to know what you will say. And it's about curiosity, because that's my favorite word. So the two-part question is number one. Do you believe curiosity is innate or learned? And part two, what are you most curious about these days?
1: Well, to answer this, you have to know that you're talking to the guy where my dad to this day will tell about the moment when I was born. (laughs) No joke. The moment I was born and put on my mom's tummy. And the first thing I did was. I just started looking around, looking, <laughs> looking, looking, and they started calling me Curious Jeff. And I've been called Curious Jeff by my parents pretty much my whole life. So that's where I'm coming from. I have always been curious. Okay. I do believe that curiosity is more innate than not. And the reason is, if you look at kids, yeah. they are the most curious folks you're ever going to find. And I find, you know, my personal theory with this is that the farther along in life we get, the easier it is to think, okay, I got this figured out. I don't have to keep searching. I don't have to keep wondering. And I think that's when we start dying is when we stop learning. Mm -hmm. So I think there, there, there's a balance between that. I believe that we all begin with it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think, The older we get, the farther along in life we get, the more important it is that we continue to cultivate that. And for myself, I'm I'm curious about people. I'm curious about the world. I'm curious about how people see the world, especially how people see the world differently than I do. Mm. Because it, it it is so easy to be looking through our own eyes at the world and to say, this is how the world is when all of a sudden, when you hear the stories from other people about, this is how I experienced the world. And you say, Whoa, that is completely different from my life experience. How is that? (laughs) that, That's the kind of stuff. I mean, that, that I, uh, I could keep listening to that stuff and thinking about it for a long time.
0: That's good, though. That's really good. So do you read uh, biographies of people or listen to biographies of people?
1: I do some biographies. Um, I'm I'm a big, big nonfiction audiobook guy. I am mm-hmm. uh, listen to lots of podcasts. I listen to uh, lots of audiobooks, human psychology, um, sociology, business, marketing, sales, all that kind of stuff mixing it all together and say, okay, how, you know, what, what parts can I take from this? And how can I put this into my understanding and of the world? And how can I offer that? Uh, how, how can I package that off into something that's valuable for the people that I serve?
0: Fantastic. Well, I you see one question for me leads to another to another. And I promise that was my last question. before. <laughs> So, um, and we should wrap up cause this has been a long episode. So, um, but, but a good episode. So I appreciate, um, what you've shown, what you've shared. So where can my audience find you, Jeff?
1: Sure. Uh, I have some special resources, especially for listeners of this podcast. And there's one URL to go to. It is storygreenlight.com slash relationship. And that is storygreenlight.com slash relationship. And that'll give you some resources on how to dig more into this story stuff and how to keep the conversation going.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I will put that in the show notes. So this has been a delight and I have a feeling that you might have to come back at some point because I do enjoy talking to you a lot. And I hope that my audience has um, through the stories that you've you got it, that you got what's so important that that Jeff is so passionate about and that you take the opportunity to go and check out his resources on the website. And thank you again for listening. You know that I couldn't do this without you. And I appreciate my audience very much. If you like what you heard, please leave a five-star review. We'd like that. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.